to the Randomodium Podcast. I'm John Stom. I'm Danny Gula. I'm Jeff McCullough. And this is the podcast where we talk about the past, the present, and the future. All three of those topics are a surprise yeah, on this podcast. They're usually pretty random. Yep. Uh, but before we dive into that, I want to talk about our sponsor, which is Head Colts. <laughs> now, John and I both had a chance to try on head colds. Oh, I'm fully sponsored right now. So uh, I have not had one. You're going to have to sell this to me. Okay. So uh, how do you feel about breathing? Do you breathe normally through your nose? I typically find it a good thing to aspire. Hey, oh. oh, well, this is a great way for you to not do that. Oh. Uh, you will just produce uh, insane amounts of... I mucus. can only describe it as slime. Slime. Mm. It's slime. Slime coming out of your nose. And mine is actually kind of an interesting color right now. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like a. It's like a dark yellow, almost like an orange. Mm. Okay. I think you're moving into our next spon- next week's sponsor, which is sinus infection. Oh, I've, I think I've been there actually. Yeah. So there's so, a difference. Yeah, there is a difference. So we're just talking about head colds, and and it's a great way to just. Uh, really produce that slime because slime is all the rage these days with the kids. Oh, jeez! And if you just blow your nose, all this slime will come out, and it's immediately ready for a new one. That sounds really interesting. So, so does it give you like a lot of energy and stuff like uh, that? The exact opposite. You oh. will sleep more than you've ever slept. Oh, okay, huh? So, so. if you're really tired, head cold. <laughs> 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 so disgusting. <laughs> so gross. We, oh, we've lost all of our <laughs> listeners. Well, on the Randomonium podcast, like I said, we talk about the past, the present, and the future. Each of the three of us have brought one of those um, broad categories as a topic. And it's a surprise to the other guys in the group. So we are going to start with the past. Are you guys ready to talk about one of my favorite movies ever? Ooh! After this, there is no turning back. in the past and yeah. today is april fool's day the day we're recording this but yesterday was march 31st do you know what movie came out on march 31st 20 years ago 1999 20 years ago 1999 no nope. varsity blues varsity blues no 10 things i hate about you not no neither of those oh, are my favorite movies the matrix the matrix Ooh. yeah yeah I, I somebody did post that earlier. Like the Matrix is twenty years old. You 20th. feel old? Are you 20th serious? Anniversary. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember the time somebody tried to explain that movie to me. It was at summer camp, and Joey was like, "I saw this movie. It's called The Matrix." And in my head, the way he described this, I thought it was just this weird world. Like we live in the world now, but giant squid alien or giant squid robots have blanketed the sky with something to trick us into thinking it's okay but it's really not i didn't understand what yeah, was going yeah, on. yeah you didn't get it I, well it's not uh, it's not actually that weird that you didn't get it because they were very it almost didn't get greenlit because the studio was super confused and everybody apparently all the execs were like nobody's gonna understand this script it's way too quote-unquote smart mm-hmm. um, well if you I think th- about it the internet was only about from a consumer standpoint like five years old at that yeah point. yeah yeah. People were just like, I don't know, I don't understand what this is. But now, looking back on it, it, it totally holds up. It's a great movie. Uh, I mean, even at the time, it was very... I, I remember being blown away. I don't think I saw it right then, because I was probably maybe a little bit too young. I saw it right no, then. I saw it right after Joey described it to me. I got back from summer camp and went and watched The Matrix. I wasn't allowed to watch rated R movies then. I was still in, like, seventh grade. So I had a cousin with... 
cable. Okay. That I saw it right when it came out at the theater, not knowing exactly what it was, but the opening scene where Trinity does that kick yes. and the camera spin around, which you'd never seen before. Now yep. you see it all the time. Yep. It, I was like, the moment that happened, I was like, yes to this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, bullet time did not exist until that movie. They, the Wachowskis invented bullet time. Now, if you're just kind of getting caught up here, if you hopefully you've seen The Matrix, but the Wachowskis are the director directors of The Matrix uh, trilogy, which we're not going to talk about the other two. Let's just they move don't on. Exist. They don't exist. But the first one... Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of bullet time, so bullet time is that effect. If you are born after 1999 and listening to this, you definitely know what bullet time is, whether you know it or not, because it's totally just a part of, like, it's like a filmmaking technique at this point, yeah. which is insane that it, it's not that old. It's, it's, I'm going to do my best to describe it. Essentially, it's slow motion for the action that you're watching, but the camera does not move in slow motion. Um, that's, that's the effect that you get. So, like, let's say an action scene, the one most famous in the movie is uh, Neo, the main character, of course, gets shot at and he like falls backwards and his hands are flailing as he's trying to dodge these bullets. And he is going in slow motion as he's falling backwards, but the camera is spinning around him rapidly, like as if the camera's not going slowly. So really cool effect, uh, totally parodied. And this is this is one little fun fact. I wanted to kind of throw out some fun facts about The Matrix. That's, mm. what, that's what this topic is all about. Nice. Uh, by the middle of 2002, so three years later, the famous bullet time sequence that I just described had been spoofed in over 20 different movies. Mm. Wow, not just like movies? Not just TV shows or commercials, but movies. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that technique, the way that they... I don't know how they accomplished it now, but then, didn't they accomplish it by basically setting up yes. dozens of cameras around what they were going to shoot and... Yep, maybe yep. even more than dozens. I think in, in that scene particularly, I, I remember... I don't know, I could be wrong. I remember seeing at least 100 cameras. Wow. Just like still cameras. And they were, you know, probably all digital, like SLRs and just taking super high-res uh, pictures, and just they were all synced up to, to take a uh, picture right after, one right after another in sequence, so that, you know, the, the arc of the, the camera move is actually just a bunch of cameras, still cameras, taking pictures um, in sequence. And sometimes they'd snap the photo all at the same time, too, depending if they wanted to do it like a freeze a right. moment in time. Because I think the Trinity kick at the beginning where she jumps up, that was she was frozen and i know that like right around that time you guys probably i don't know if you remember this or not but a gap commercial came out they used to have really like yeah. trendy commercials and i want to say it might have been like jump jive and whale and there was a bunch of people swing dancing yep. same thing where all of a sudden it would stop and you'd spin around these people that were swing it was a cool thing i mean it was mind-blowing at the time and it's still pretty cool but yeah. like it's it's definitely um it's been parodied and spoofed and stuff but all right uh trivia number two the trivia tidbit number two about the matrix um so, you know, actually, let me just ask this. What is, just close your eyes and think about the Matrix. What is the first, like, thing that pops in your head? Obviously, we just talked about bullet time, so maybe I ruined it. But other than bullet time, what is, like, the first thing, what is the most iconic image or scene or anything that comes in your mind? I, I just think of, you just say the Matrix, the first thing that comes to my head is the code. Boom. That's what I was hoping you'd say. Yeah. It's just, like, that was my wallpaper and my screensaver on my computer. I remember that. For years. Me too. Like, <laughs> yeah. That would be it. I was just like, this is cool. I it's want It's a cool this. screensaver. Okay. So, speaking of the code, uh, do you know what that's based on? Uh, Japanese? I don't know. Yes, actually. So, the Wachowskis, the directors, were... The whole movie's very inspired by, like, Japanese art and, like, manga and stuff like that. But that code um, was... One of the production designers came up with it. And actually, I read this article about it today because it just came out, like, on the 20th anniversary. Um, the guy that came up with it was just kind of like... 
he didn't even spend that much time on it. He was just like, I knew I needed something Japanese-ish. And so he went home, uh, his, his wife was Japanese. And so he found a cookbook um, that had like sushi recipes in it. And he just like pulled out characters. And I think he might've used her help a little bit, but like basically just kind of threw some garbage together. Brilliant. And then somebody else actually, because it was originally supposed to go left to right. He, somebody else had the idea of making a cascade to give it kind of an organic feel, like mm-hmm. raining down. Yeah. And that also played into like the Japanese nature of it, like reading uh, top to bottom, I guess, or up uh, bottom to top. I, yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong about that, about how you read Japanese. but I'm not sure. It's been a long time since I've read Japanese. <laughs> well, either way, like uh, if you look closely at the characters, a lot of them are just like nonsense, but a lot of them are Japanese and they come from sushi re- recipes. That's awesome. Oh, Pretty cool. That. Yep. Yeah. I saw this other article. This is also interesting. This guy... <laughs> Uh, seems like must be a mathematician or a physicist or something. This is super nerdy, but he tried to figure out uh, how, like, is it possible to jump between buildings? So remember the scene where Neo is in training. Morpheus is training him uh, to try to, like, let go of his um, fear and, like, attachment to the world and everything and, like, realize that everything's fake. And so he's trying to get him to jump across these buildings. There's this huge alleyway. And um, it's a really far gap. And so he's... The, the guy that wrote this article that I read tried to find those two buildings. And they they might have been made up, so he couldn't find them. But he basically just estimated, like, there's a street in between, blah, blah, blah. They're this tall, X, Y, Z. Like, he, Of course there's no way to do this, right? What? To do it? To actually jump? Well, yeah. Okay, well, he wanted to figure out, like, what you would have to do. Okay. How, how like... He was Mythbuster. Yeah, like, yeah, If If I can't do it, what would I have to do? What to would it do? take to make me able to... Be okay. able to do that. That makes a little bit more sense because you're like, this guy tried to see if you could do it. It's like, is this guy just dumb? <laughs> no. Why did somebody write an article about him? Right. Yeah, that's true. That, that that would not happen. So he said you have to. Well, actually, let me just throw it out to the room. How fast do you think you'd have to go to get across those two buildings? I know it's hard to. Remember. And you're not like you're not like jumping off a ramp. You're just jumping flat-footed off the top of the flat roof of one building onto another. Yeah. Man, I would think you'd have to be going really fast 52 miles an hour you're jumping oh, i'd say it's faster than that i'd say like 150 somewhere in between you guys 93 miles an hour is what he was it was what he calculated based on you know wind resistance and all just like the velocity gravity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting so if you can run 93 miles an hour you can maybe jump across go miles. ahead eat how your fast? heart out usain bolt <laughs> yeah how fast was he who usain usain bolt. oh i want to uh, say he's in the high 20s low 30s wasn't he probably that sounds about right Okay, last little tribit. Uh, tr- tridbit? That's a trivia tidbit. That mm. uh, just came out of my mouth. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> There's probably a better term there. But anyway, Will Smith, he told this story recently where he uh, got offered the part of Neo. Did you know yeah, this? I, I did. I, I heard yeah. this, yeah. And so he turned it down because, um, well, he says in the video that like he didn't want to be typecast because he had just done Independence Day and he didn't want to be like all in these weird sci-fi movies and mm-hmm. aliens and stuff like that. And so he turned it down and he did... Wild Wild West instead. Oh. And even he laughs about that. Like, that was a, was a pretty bad movie. Not a good choice. Yeah, okay. I was really excited about Wild Wild West when it came out, I remember, but it it was not good. Was no. Jada Pickett's... Was she in The Matrix? Because if she wasn't, I know she was also supposed to be cast in it. Really? There's some connection she's, to she's, her as well. Yeah, she, no, she's in the... Um, she's in the second two. In the second two, yeah. Yes. Ah, okay. Um, okay. There was a woman who was considered for the role of Neo, actually. I just read this huh. uh, recently. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Yeah, they were, consider- like, they were considering it didn't have to be a, yeah. a man. Sure, yeah, totally I mean, true. she was an action movie star mm-hmm. before she did Speed. all of her Hallmark-esque type of movies. Yeah. Right. It's funny because like we all think like, oh, well, uh, 
uh, Keanu Reeves is perfect for the role, but like if it had been someone else and we'd be looking back 20 years ago and someone said Keanu Reeves was considered for the role, we'd be like, no. It depends if John Wick exists. (laughs) Yeah, true. So who's the most iconic actor playing a character in that movie? Would it be, I would say it would be a tie between either Lawrence Fishburne Lawrence Fishburne for Morpheus or Hugo Weaving for um, Agent Smith. Agent Agent Smith. Smith. Yeah, Agent Smith was incredible in that, I thought. He was good. That was good casting for him. Very good casting. Yeah. Mr. Anderson. Yeah. He had a very specific way that he said yeah. Anderson. Uh-huh. It's an interesting discussion. Yep. Yep. Let's move it on to the present. I'm excited to see what Danny brought. It might get a little wild. Mm-hmm. present and you guys remember i texted you today i was like i have dibs on the present because oh you did i read this headline you dibbed it before i even read the article i dibbed this this segment and i'm gonna read you the headline and i'm gonna just get your genuine reactions right now okay now i know john's a big fan of space i am uh so this is about elon musk okay my boy Modern, bond, bond, bond villain Elon Musk. Yeah, yes. he's either a Bond villain or he's a modern day like Nikola Tesla. Yeah, right. right. We're not really sure if he's a genius or like a you know a, an Einstein or a a villain or a villain. I think this puts him towards the Einstein. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Elon Musk releases rap song about late gorilla Harambe. <laughs> he's quoted as saying, "This might be my finest work." <laughs> what? <laughs> this is not real. The man. That <laughs> this is an onion article, right? Nope. The man this is that... from People magazine. What? Elon Musk, the guy that designed the Hyperloop and was just like, I don't have time to work on this, so here's the plans. You guys figure out the rest of it. And it's like incredible and genius. Yep. Just out of himself of being totally lazy. <laughs> like that I don't... same guy. <clears throat> Dad, I don't want to make hyperloops. I want to follow my dreams. <laughs> Yep. Well, my point is, like, that same guy is writing rap songs about Harambe? Okay. Yes. All right. It's unsure who wrote the song. Okay. so But um, he's performing it. I guess he at some point had a, a faux uh, record label uh, called Emoji Records. Okay. But his tweet, he, he shared this on Twitter, um, and he post uploaded the song to his SoundCloud account. <laughs> right. Uh, that right there. Uh, so, so Elon Musk is a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> Okay. Elon Musk is a SoundCloud rapper. Does he have face tattoos? Uh, I don't think he's had any yet. Wait, but this was Victor. this was posted today. This was posted today. Oh, now, so this you, is you understand today's April. I understand Fool's Day. today's April Fools, but so I want to get into this. So we're unsure what is going on with this. Like we don't know if this is like if he actually recorded it, um, and if he did it as an April Fool's stunt. Like nobody really has like that much of an idea, but the but he really did this. He posted it up there, and we don't. But we don't know if he actually recorded it. So I'm gonna play the play the song for you, and then you guys can determine if you think. Sipping on some bomb, baby, on 
strong, yeah. And Gorilla Zoo, and we thinking about you. All we ever do, thinking about you. We back at the zoo, man. Thinking about you, man. This is not a long This is April Fools all day long. So, so my feeling is, is it's April Fools, but I don't know who we got to do the song. I mean, maybe he just got on Fiverr and, and asked somebody to do it. Yeah. Um, I like to think that he actually recorded it himself. I don't know, he, man. He dated that girl that was a musician for a while. That yeah, but that I don't know. So I think he probably got a record studio in his house. I'm not buying it. That didn't. That sounded. It didn't sound good. But he's got the money yeah. to make it sound half good. Yeah, but I'm just his voice, like. It was all auto-tuned, though. Yeah, but it but also had, had a little bit of like some, some, some swagger, swagger to it. Yeah, yeah, you don't just yeah. like anybody can't just pull off that kind of tone. That's true. Well, so that's the question: is is it was this an elaborate April Fool's joke? And we know like he's not serious about it because it's a it's a fake joke record label he's had, I guess, for some time. Um, so he po actually he posted this. Let me think when he when he did this. No, so he posted it on yesterday. So that that's the question: is whether or not it's an April Fool's joke or not? Or, or sorry, not even yesterday. Sorry, it was, it was two days ago. He posted this on the 30th. So that's the big question is, it was two days before April Fool's. So is he doing an April Fool's record or is he just kind of just being an eccentric billionaire? He does, you know, do things like comes out with flamethrowers and like his, the name of his tunneling company is The Boring Company. And like, he's he's like definitely funny, but that's that's just weird. It's, it's barely funny. It's just kind of dumb. Dude. I mean, does do we know him to have a soft spot in his heart for that gorilla like is that something that's known about him i don't know how he feels about gorillas period i have no <laughs> He's idea from south africa though right yeah yeah my thought on this is his comment about this is perhaps my greatest accomplishment to me, tips it off as this is a straight up hoax. For yeah. sure. Because if he's being a little bit like transparent about it, like, hey, a lot of people don't know I do this. You may not like it. It might surprise you, but this is something I want to do. That sounds like a little bit more of like an authentic yeah. like presentation of it as opposed to... This is my greatest accomplishment. Like, like spiking the ball in the end zone for his, for his <laughs> song about a gorilla. Like, so do you think he's doing it just to be weird? Or do you think he was trying to do a neighbor fool's joke and just couldn't wait? Till the first. I think that he probably had some like social media consultant that's like, hey, if you want to really get people, do it a couple days beforehand and yeah. play it up. I could see that. Because the April Fool's news cycle ends at like. It's not midnight. a great April Fool's though. Like nobody's fooled by anything. He just put out a weird <laughs> song. I, I kind of like, feel like you might have been fooled a little bit, Daddy. Were like, you a little bit fooled? And I'm not. I mean, like, he, I, I think it could be him doing it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not him. I mean, I asked if it was an Onion article and you said no. <laughs> Which made it seem like you were kind of excited at the fact that it could be true. So maybe he did. <laughs> well, it's you. not an Onion article. Here's the thing. It was People magazine. I think he totally April fooled you. Into what? What's, Thinking what's that he it's like me? that it was like a thing. Like he. Well, I don't think he was serious. Really? I think he just did a song. I mean, we've done plenty of joke songs in it's our life. It's a pretty serious song. It's a serious song. R.I.P. Harambe. I mean, I think the R.I.P. Harambe is like a is a running gag. Yeah, it's it playful. Is. But, it is. Um, it's a running gag with millennials and Gen Zers who just don't get why this, that whole Harambe thing was, you know, that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, I think the April Fool is really on us because we're all we're talking, all talking about, about, it about it for way too long. I think that was probably his goal. Another win in the success column for Elon Musk. Check. But as far as headlines go, it's a good one. That's a that's a great headline. That that had me. At hello. And I yeah. hope they blast that over the speakers in the first Hyperloop. <laughs> right, where commuters like get on. Yeah. All right, well, segueing from 
Elon Musk in the present to the future is like the easiest thing to do because you just gotta you gotta just do a rocket countdown, right? Yeah. All are right. we gonna do it or are we gonna let no, Jeff do gonna, it later? No, we're gonna we're gonna cue that rocket. Okay, countdown. Okay, cue, cue the rocket countdown. Nine, six, minus ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So are we in the future? We're in the future. That's this, what the blast off was for. This is the future. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm, I'm bringing a topic. Um, ran across this article in Popular Science. It came mm. out last week. Popsci. Popsci. And um, this is technically a topic that we've, in a certain way, touched on a couple times. But this is kind of taking a little bit further. Back in, I think it was December, Danny brought this really cool segment to the podcast about past predictions about the future that yeah. didn't fully materialize, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Such as uh, like pill food for everyone. Yeah. Right. Pill food for everyone. It's horrible. I love food. Or like fully plastic living rooms that you can just hose down. Yeah. Which That's I still, still a great idea. I like that idea for, for lots of toddlers. Anyway. And another topic that Danny, you actually brought to us was okay. um, somebody who's like an expert in what future technologies are going to be like. Ah, uh, yes. This is kind of somewhere in between. It's um, anticipated technologies that we've thought for some time should be a thing, but aren't yeah so what's the hold up ah oh jetpacks uh, that is one of them uh yeah they promised us jetpacks Let, let's see if you can guess anymore like things that people thought should be a thing by now but they're not quite high speed like high speed trains like true yep. that is another one trains. yeah uh space hotels no i was gonna say the space travel as in like you go up to orbit come back down and okay. you know, you're in california no spacex is working on that they are working on hoverboards that. Not hoverboards, flying cars. Flying yes, cars. Okay. Yes, yes. Every, every, I got beef with the flying car industry. Because every flying car that you see coming out, they're like, oh, flying car, flying car. It's just either a darned plane or a darned, like, drone that you sit in. There's no carness to any of them. Well, I mean, I think it's just about, like, a personal vehicle that takes flight don't call it a flying car if my wheels don't turn sideways and make me take off the ground well i mean i guess the question is what is going to make it a car the fact that when it is on land that it can function as a car i guess yes, that would be I think that would flying be cars. Do you want it to I be a car that can fly that also. can fly i also i actually finally did see one and it was basically somebody designed wheels that could also be like helicopter turbines so it could do the turning sideways thing and take like off. Like back in the wow. future. Okay, so basically, yeah. you're Anyways. jumping the gun here. So let's let's Jump just get into this. Flying cars, what get, is the holdup? I hold get fired up. up about flying cars. What's the main holdup? Now, the holdup could be like that transition from being a terrestrial vehicle versus being an extraterrestrial mm -hmm. vehicle or a, above the ground, right? Also, um, do you want do you want drunk guys driving home from the, the bar yeah. in the sky? Way more dangerous to be in the air Way the wheel. Way more dangerous. Yeah. So, actually, one of the biggest holdups, because... Because of drone technology and stuff like that, this is somewhat feasible. The biggest holdup is trying to figure out what the infrastructure should look like. Like, should it be something where you can just land and take off in your driveway? Or should you have to drive to a launching point, a restricted area where these cars are taking off and landing? Right. Um, and that, like, trying to figure out what that should look like, how to standardize it, how to build that infrastructure is really the largest kind of cost prohibitive aspect of it that's making it a real difficulty because think about how much of what we 
build demands infrastructure. Like, for example, yeah. when they made trains, you had to have tracks. Yeah. And when they built cars, you had to have roads that just didn't turn to mud. And, and, and rules of the road. Exactly. Compare America to, like, um, like India or something like that. Like, you look at, you know, videos of how they drive over there. It's like, it's kind of crazy com compared to our roads where there's, like, animals on them. There are people. They're, like, there are like tons of people hanging on the side of one vehicle. Yeah, the lanes don't seem to matter. Like, I don't, I mean, maybe that's just totally ignorant on my part. But like, I'm I sure some of it's just like here. It, it just seems kind of crazy. Uh, like they don't have as many as much infrastructure as far as the rules of the road go. So. Right. I think as far as flying cars, I think a lot of the infrastructure could be software based, because I feel like AI and the drone technology is there enough to where like the, as long as the drones were all communicating with each other, you should be able in theory to take off from your driveway because it would know like. Okay, can't do it now. Your takeoff time is in five minutes. Right. In theory, that's correct. Although the more advanced AI gets, as much as we're advancing with AI, a lot of the plane crashes that are taking place with these Boeing jets are software-based issues where we'll call it the AI for now. Yeah. It, it's doing something that the pilots are not able to like improvise with. So as the plane is trying to fly it one way and the pilots are trying to fly it another way, they think that's the reason why these planes keep crashing. So are we advanced enough with the AI that you can have this like, I'm going to take controls, uh, autopilot type of situation. Sure. But it's, it isn't so much, again, like how do you build a car that can fly and can also, because actually, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but have you heard of Uber Air? No. Uber no. is developing a vehicle. It's a multi-rotor flyer that vertically takes off and lands. And the company is actually aiming to deploy fleets of, they're, they're calling them air taxis, in Los Angeles and in Dallas in 2020. Wow, that's Which is early. not far off. But they, the vehicles, they do it in Dubai. I'm pretty sure they have like air taxis in Dubai already. So okay. that's, yeah, that makes sense. So, the, but these vehicles will have in these cities restricted areas for launch zones in those cities so. okay so like that's you'll cool. have to go to like a park or wherever it's a step it's a step it's a step forward and it's I not feel like it's off. not truly flying car until you can take off from your driveway you need to get off of the back to the future concept the yeah. back to the future 2 concept listen it set the bar pretty high <laughs> yeah but you know so did balloons when they wanted to fly and that's uh -huh. why they were attaching balloons to bicycles and saying that flying bicycles <laughs> were the next thing because that's all they knew so like we got to Think outside of the box a little bit. Here. I don't like it. <laughs> of course you don't. We're going to see Danny like this summer, like attaching balloons to his lawn chair to see if he can take flight from his driveway. Somebody already did that. It works just fine. Yeah. How are you going to land in your driveway? That's my question. With balloons? Yeah. I'm not going to use balloons like like a, like a Yahoo. <laughs> I'm going to use I'm going to use a bunch of drones that I'm going to tie to my skateboard. And then you're going to build your own Mr. Steven to bring you back to your driveway. <laughs> That's there you right. Go. There you go. All right, so let's move on to the next one uh, here. Uh, the Hyperloop. Yes. So as we know, the Hyperloop are these extremely fast um, trains essentially that are subterranean and they are supposed to travel in vacuum tubes. Um, so what is the holdup here? The holdup, again, this is tied to infrastructure. Um, consider this just from a comparative standpoint. New York City, when they built um, a subway tunnel from second, it was called the Second Avenue Subway Tunnel. They're still, yeah, they're still working on it. They're right? still working on it. $2.5 billion per mile. Yeah. So yeah. just the boring that is yeah. necessary yeah. to tunnel. Like, we're from St. Louis, and there's been a lot of talk of a Hyperloop potentially that goes back and forth between St. Louis and Kansas City, which is, what, a four-hour drive? Right, yeah. Okay. Um, but imagine how much earth 
has to be moved. So much. Like 300 miles. It's a ton. So 300 miles As times... As the crow flies. If this is 2.5 billion in New York City... You do the math. That's a lot. That's what I say when I don't want to do the math. I just say you do the math. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. Where I get bent out of shape is just like, why don't... Why don't we have just regular speed trains already? Yeah. Like every other country in the world has fast trains and we don't. You know what it is? Our uh, trains still run on d- dead dinosaurs. It's the locomotive lobby. I'm, I'm legit. I'm sure it I'm is. serious. It's the lobby. And uh, I read something about it recently. We can get into it at another time, but it's, it's, I think it's changing. I but. would be. I would argue that a lot of these things that we all wanted to have happened by now, or, or thought are going to happen, I'd be willing to bet that you, you could always point back to most of these things as the reason why it's not happened yet is the way our government functions. Yeah, lobbyists. So one of the other things that's that's a little bit of a concern that they haven't quite figured out with these, you know, vacuum tubes, is the metal, because mm. metal where you have something traveling on it, even though it's a suspended vehicle traveling at Mach 1 over and over again generates so much heat it, it's so much heat that it's actually deteriorating the metal and it's cracking so they're also trying to figure out the proper like alloys and the, the proper metals that, that should be used that's going to keep it safe they haven't quite perfected that yet yeah there are uh, hyperloop competitions every year I believe or maybe every couple years in California and like people from all over compete in them like different countries have teams of engineers that come and yeah. and try to um, like perfect the hyperloop idea it's really interesting to watch I think like the German team made I didn't it. know it was in a vacuum that makes sense because no wind resistance mm-hmm. straight yeah it's like, the, it's like the bank tubes mm-hmm. you remember yeah. the old the old tubes at the bank yeah. the drive-thru well those are a vacuum those are just pneumatic those are just like like it's like a straw yeah versus it being just like we suck all the air out so this thing can get as fast as possible right yeah but i will say that the the part of the world that is trying to work on this pretty aggressively and to solve some of these problems is in china yes and in the united arab emirates um, this year, in fact, they're already talking about launching small routes of some hyper uh, hyper loops. Wow. One thing I've read recently is about how trains, high speed trains, can really change everything for um, for the, our economy. Because basically, like right now, the, the best jobs, quote unquote, are in big cities, right? So you think about like if you want a really good job, really high paying job. Um, if you want to climb the corporate ladder, whatever. Or even you, if you just want to do like the job in the in the right kind of company, like yeah. you want to be doing like important work, or, or you're going to go to New York, work, right? Yeah. You're going to go to like New York or LA. So like you got to go to the big expensive cities, and and like I said, so like those those are where the good jobs are. That's also where the most expensive housing is, and so the trains really completely like shift that where you can live out in the cheap areas. Um, like th- this example that I read was some somewhere in like. Um, Middle of California, you could you could take a train theoretically to San Francisco, and it just like drastically shifts the um, like the economics of it all. You could live in a place that's reasonably priced. San Francisco ain't not cheap. No, you can't live in San Francisco. It's too too expensive. Like you have to have an extremely well paying job. So like this just shifts it where you could have that well paying job and live somewhere that's affordable. So it's uh it's got a lot of interesting potential. All right, jetpacks. This was, yes. I think, the first one that... Who said it? Was it, Dan, it was it John? Uh, they promised us jetpacks. They man. did promise us jetpacks. So here's the problem with jetpacks. Uh, it's just not feasible. The amount of fuel, the type of fuel that's necessary to propel is not conducive to the human body. Yeah. yeah. They're heavy. They're dangerous. They're loud. Yeah. It's just human... We're frail. I mean... You can't get you can't get beyond that. Or, yeah. So um, the the amount of propulsion that is necessary and the type of fuel that is needed, it generates 
the type of inertia and um, even heat, things that we just were not cut out for. Right. Yeah. Have you seen the the, the Iron Man suit that's been going around? The guy who's been flying yeah. with an Iron Man suit. It also is just lame when you see it executed. Like I remember jetpacks when we were kids. Remember uh, pilot wings, the jetpack yeah. part of the game. Like. It's just like this lame thing from like an old James Bond movie. It's got these jets that go out to the side and it's just not that cool. And you can only do it for a really short amount of time. Yeah. Well, there's one thing on here that was saying uh, they were calling it a promising technology sort of tied to jetpacks. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. I haven't. So I'm having a difficult time kind of conceptualizing in my mind what this is, but it's called fly by wire. So I'm trying to understand this, but it's talking about instead of. Um, instead of you wearing a jetpack, this I kind of it sort of overlaps into flying cars. It's winged vehicles that are somehow tied into a pulley and wire system that is that are able to I guess take you from point A to point B. Mm. A zipline, I guess. Kind of like a zipline. Like I have seen like pictures of the future where like people hop into like pneumatic tubes. Like people think that's gonna be like a thing. I think that this is more like if you watch a like an NFL game, like a football game, the yeah. cameras that they have flying over that have suspended wires that you can steer it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's there's a grid that you have right. to stay within. Right. Um, which I guess could technically, I mean, you don't have the autonomy to go wherever you want. Uh, but it is a way, I would imagine, from a suspension standpoint, to get up in the air and to maybe get from point A to point B. Yeah, that's interesting. You would not be able to go very far with that, it doesn't seem like. Maybe, I guess, maybe around a big city. Yeah, it'd have to be in a, in a densely yeah. populated area. But, I mean, the reason why that sounds like it could work is because how many times have you been sitting in traffic and you're like, it's right there. Yeah, if I like, could just jump I over there. I can see it. Yeah. If I could yeah. just jump over all this and I could get there right away. Yeah. So maybe that could work. Um, another promising uh, technology that they're, they're trying to work on um, are these mini motors that use kind of pressurized um, gases as opposed to like generating flame and stuff like that. But right. it gives you thrust. But there again, they're still running into the same issue with it being hard on the body. But this is a little bit more similar to I don't know if you've seen the guy who invented the water jetpack. Yeah. yeah. But he's got this gigantic hose that's attached to these pumps that are just pumping. So there you're pushing and not water, but actual gases out to get you to launch. Yeah. But so difficult to control. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. This one is the last one, and John, you're going to have something to say about this because okay. you talk about it frequently. But this is self-driving cars. Oh, yes. oh yeah. I mean, they—they're—you were talking about competitions for the Hyperloop yeah. and trying to figure out how to, you know, build that and make that happen. I remember watching a reality show five or six years ago where they were taking, you know, students from I think it was like MIT and various, you know, universities, and it was a competition of self-driving cars. Yeah. And you're on a race and it's like on road off road whoever gets done first and then they look at that technology what worked what didn't work right yeah but they can't get it down i mean there was all this promising stuff that even was being piloted by uber and then the uber self-driving car runs a lady over in arizona and that puts the kibosh on it and stops everything i i think i could point out two things which is why this hasn't happened and does your article tell us why this isn't well i don't know tell me what you think so there's two things like the the lady hitting it scares people who are afraid of the future so you hear like you you immediately as soon as that happened you saw all these old dudes in congress complaining about it but they they refuse to acknowledge the fact that yeah that car hit somebody yeah. But that car hit a lot less people than a human did. So right. yeah, like not not to 
not to put down, you know, that, oh, my, it hit a person. That's very real. But, like, it's still hitting less than any human. Whenever they introduced autopilot to Teslas, Tesla-involved accidents went down, like, oh, 50%. Plummeted, yeah. Like, it just dropped because, like, yes, it could hit somebody. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not possible. So I think the big reason is it goes into liability. So well, who's who's in charge of paying for that? Like, it's, is it the is, is does the car company require insurance now, or you? Because like you you didn't drive, so you didn't make the mistake. The computer did, which you were told was good. It's partially that. Here's the other thing that's a problem with accidents. Accidents, like at at a slow speed, they could probably figure that out. Like for example, in a suburban area or even in an urban area where you have people walking, um, you you can maybe put together self-driving cars that don't go more than like 25 miles an hour so there's some time to actually stop right the real problem is when you're getting into very fast speeds the response time for a car to see something is coming a self-driving car to see something's coming and to respond in enough time that's where they're saying they're running into more of the problems which is why um, some of the most recent tests of 18 wheelers there was a test of a self-driving 18 wheeler and it was actually very safe and performed really well. The problem is, I don't think it maxed out more than like 40 miles an hour. So when you think about these 18 wheelers that are flying down the interstate and they're going almost twice that. Yeah. And that's just, I feel like that's just a matter of time though. Like, cause like it just, they just got to keep feeding at the data until the computer knows how to recognize those things. Part of me almost wonders is there, it seems like the best way to roll something out like this, which is not practical and it wouldn't be able to happen this way is to like do it all at the same time yeah like you have oh, to roll yeah. it all out at once okay at this state there's no more you know person driving cars there's only self-driving cars yeah, we, oh. we say that all the time on our carpool like traffic would not exist with self-driving cars it would not be a thing because even if there was an accident all cars could stop at the same time all cars could go at the same time there's none of this like oh when traffic's moving they've cleared the accident once they've cleared the accident how long does it take for traffic hours to clear up hours yeah yeah well yeah a couple, a couple things on that is like once you have more than just like one self-driving car in a mix of you know blind cars and once you have a bunch of self-driving cars communicating with each other then you really start to see the benefits of it because they can communicate with each other much faster than like you know the the eye of the the cameras and the sensors and the processing what what should we do it's just more like hey i'm doing this you're doing that let's like the computers just start talking to each other that gets way safer the other thing that's just amazing to me in all this is like how incredibly amazing the human brain is because like we are struggling we have like the best minds for decades mm -hmm. working on this and you know we'll, we'll unlock it eventually like get figuring out how to get cars to like be as good as people or better than people on the road um but like until then it's amazing that like you can basically train any random 15 year old to operate a vehicle and they'll do a pretty good job mm -hmm. at it like in, yeah. in like six months and they'll be fine. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. 15 year olds can't do anything right. It's crazy. The human brain is really, really good. Yeah. The one thing that gets me really excited is because the one thing that the self-driving cars will have that we will never have is they can look everywhere at once. Everywhere at once. They never get tired. They never get drunk. They never get sleepy. All, all that stuff. It's just like the benefits are huge. Um, and then, like you said, as soon as there's one accident, everybody freaks out and go, "Oh, it, it's super dangerous. They're going to kill people." But like, you're, yeah, like you said, they're not. You're not looking at the, um, I don't want to say opportunity cost, but it's like the, the the inverse of that. Like, how many lives did you save by 
Yeah. The, so the only other thing, and a lot of people don't know this, but this article sheds light on it, which I found really interesting, and that is, we're not taking into account how a lot of these tests are done, like in Phoenix, where there's like no weather issues ever. There's no yeah. rain. There's no snow or anything like that. One thing that they are running into is if there is inclement weather, <clears throat> rain and snow, they don't function well at right. all. That's right. when There'd it be plummets that, yeah. because yeah. then sensors start overloading and getting freaked out because you've got all of these things that are being calculated at once. That's one thing that they are pretty far behind on that they're trying to figure out. It's yeah. going to be one of those things where like we're going to look back in like 30 years. I'm, I'm betting 30, 40 years. We're going to look back on this time right now and be like, wait a second. We let people get into cars and drive them? <laughs> like, what? That's insane. Yeah. And you powered them by dead dinosaurs? <laughs> but I, the, the, uh, the, the thing that they're saying is going to fix this, and John, you're going to love this, and Danny, you're going to hate this, <clears throat> is, um, what is what is going to fix the self-driving cars? And that is developing software AI that learns. That's what it's really going to come down to. It's one thing to program a car to drive the way it's supposed to drive. And that's where like rolling everything out at once makes sense because they're all programmed the same way. But what they're saying is they need to develop it to have a brain that it's actually learning and actually developing the longer you own the car. Well, I mean, do I hate that? On one hand, I love the idea of self-driving cars. It's something John and I talk about every day. Which is why career. I thought John would love that because John is like really looking forward to self-driving cars. Yeah, uh, but I thought you would hate that because the car is going to get mad at you when well, you run you over. Well, the car will realize that it would have a lot less places to go if you weren't around. Here we go. One thing I'm really excited about with self-driving cars, I know we could like, have we talked about self-driving cars as just like its own standalone no. topic? I feel like I could really, I could get into this, but like, I'm really looking forward to the day when you've got different kinds of cars. Like the interior of every car right now is the same. It's just like two captain's chairs up front, maybe a bench in the back, just for, for taking people facing forward, just getting you from here to there safely. But like, think about if the car was driving itself, you could have like a conference room car hmm. that you could order. And it's just all fa chairs facing inward at a table and you could get some stuff done. You could have a, a, a spa car. You could have like just different creative, like weird things that you want to do instead of driving. You're hmm. telling me I could have a car in which I could have a relaxing bath on the way to work with some bath salts, maybe some, maybe a, maybe a beer. Yeah. Maybe not on the way to work. Maybe a, a so mimosa. Because you if your car's not going to get into a wreck, why are you wearing a seatbelt? You don't want to drink and drive. You want to drink and be driven. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the dream. If I could take a bath while sipping on a mimosa yeah. on my way to work. It's going to happen in your lifetime. I will guarantee that's you. That's going to be an incredible I'm going to order, just for the fun of it, a car where I can shoe some horses. There you go. Just to bring that past just and that to future bring together. bring that back. <laughs> like, yeah. shake that self-driving car. Yeah. <laughs> a horseshoeing car. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, yeah, maybe that's a way you get discounts on your cabs is, like, you like you can do a job in yeah. the car while you're while, while you're doing it. Yeah. Then then we wouldn't want a hyperloop because we just work in the car. I'm telling you, man, it's gonna happen. The future's crazy. Free rides as long as you can shoe horses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a really fun episode. Uh, the Random Morning Podcast is just what it sounds like. It's completely random. And every week we've got past, present, future that's always different. So join us next time for another episode. Uh, and also, if you haven't gone back and listened to the previous, what is it, 14 episodes? Yeah, we've got quite a few up there. Yeah, go back and take a listen to that. We've got a lot of fun stuff to listen to. It's always different. Also, this is the first week where we have a bonus segment on the YouTube channel. Shout out to YouTube. Beow, beow, beow. So head over to YouTube and check out that bonus segment uh, that we haven't talked about yet. That's right. It's going to be pretty timey-wimey. 
Ooh. All right. We'll leave it with that. Uh, for the Random Podcast, I'm John Stump. Danny Gula. Jeff McCullough.